Dun, dun, dun. This just one more day that the Lord has given me. You gotta start off. I don't wake and bake no more. What I do is wake and bless up. You know what I'm saying? I wake up and bless up. You know, prayer is good and a way to formulate some sort of uh, method of. Showing thanks, showing gratitude, you know what I'm saying? I got a homie, Joel, from Cuba, was telling me, uh, you know, that when you pray after, or when you talk to God, you know, when you give thanks afterwards, after the fact, that's, you know, that's gratitude. But when you do it before, that's faith. That's what I'm working on, is having the faith. Because, you know, that's what religion teaches, have faith in things. Because sometimes you need to have faith in people, faith in the world, faith in the jobs, faith in a sense of, like, the uncertainty of not knowing something, right? Faith and religion, a lot of times, is a language of communication. You know what I mean? This religion different than that religion. It's like this language being different than that language. Because, langu because languages and religions are going to get influenced by the culture, the environment, the ge geography of it. All so many different things. And it's really just a different form of communication. Something that reads to people in different ways to communicate a lot of the same feelings, the same fears, the uncertainties. And, you know, whether you're a religious person or not, there was always a sense of like, damn, I just need to... Need to roll the dice, you know what I'm saying? I just need to go with the flow. Like there's nothing I can do; it's out of my control. So, that is. I'm listening to uh, "One More Day" right now from Snoop Dogg's Gospel album. What are y'all bumping to? I had a few notes written down for this podcast to discuss on my phone. Let's see here. Yes. Okay. Packing. I was thinking about this last night. Man, shit. See, here's the thing. I recently recorded a podcast with a, a um, couple of cool dudes from in Colorado, and um, it is called the Puff Puff Podcast. And they were talking about how sometimes they'll have conversations, and then within those conversations, they'll be like, "Oh shit, dude, this is podcast material. We should be why why are we not recording this right now?" And I used to have that same fear and issue too. And I mentioned it was so funny because the podcast before that um, before I had that conversation with them. I was like saying that, you know, conversations I have with my mom, for example, or even conversations with myself are like, shit, this is something I should share. This is something I should write down. And I think a lot of writers had through, through that issue, too, because when you realize that the time of sleep for most people, which be, for me is like midnight and 5 a.m. is like peak creativity. That's like I love being awake at those times. I love walking around. I love doing shit at that time. I love eating. I like doing it. People like do throughout the day, but I just like doing it at that time for some reason. And um, yeah. You know, if you're not a morning person, you just got to find a way to, like, accept that shit. And it's not that I can't be. Like, if I need to be up at four, I'll be up at four. You know, ask my mom, ask my parents. Like, anytime we had to, like, move or road trip or any shit like that, like, yo, be up at five. I'm up at five and I got my shit ready to go. I'm going to pass out in about half an hour, but I'll wake up right when I need to. I one time read an article back in the day about something like the difference between morning and night people goes back to sort of, like, our ancestors. And through evolution, you know, usually there's, like, a group of people. That is going to sleep, right? And there's the other half of the tribe or whatever that is going to be on guard that night. And is going to be doing other side work and shit like that too. And then when those people in the morning wake up, they're going to go collect food and do all their shit. While the people that were up all night can sleep. And so, you know, if you're a night morning person, then you got that gene, I guess, from the group of people that were uh, sleeping. And if you're a nighttime person, you got that gene, I guess, from the people that were just on guard all night. So that's an interesting thing too. 
And then it could be also the insomnia going back with like anxiety because think of those people that were on guard the whole night. They were anxious, right? Some shit, the animals popping up, you know, other tribe, other people, like other things were going on. You know what I mean? If something happens. So, and it's like nature, you don't have the same protection. Like you can walk around your city right now at three in the morning and you feel calm, feel fine, depending on the city and the neighborhood. But it's different when you were like back in the day when you were in the nature and shit, bro, and anything could fucking come at you and kill you. That's gonna give that's gonna give those nighttime people that anxious, uh, anxious feeling. You know what I mean? Because it is a you know it, like the article like an article I was reading talking about an adaptation to adversity. It was an article uh, Joe Rogan shared. It was on the, I think Forbes or Huffington Post. I can't remember which one. But if you Google like anthropologist, I'll try to find the link and put it in here. But yeah, it's just an ad- it's that f- fight or flight response, you know what I'm saying, where you don't know if I should avoid the situation, right, if I need to run, if I need to fucking attack it, and that could happen in a mental and in a physical sense, uh, but anyway, so that just all wrapping into why I was writing down packing in the packing podcast, uh, I don't know, I just thought, that, just shit, I thought it was interesting was that there's a lot of things I learned from packing. There's so many different things where it was like, I've seen every fucking YouTube video on like how to travel with a carry-on, packing tips, all like any backpack type shit. I, 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 I fuck with that. And um, I've seen a bunch of shit like that. And so, yeah, YouTube on packing. And it made me, got me thinking about like travel in general. You know, I fucking love traveling. I've been to like... Uh, Venezuela and, and when I was a kid, I went to Italy once when I was a kid, I, uh, Jordan once when I was a kid, and you know I've been to Palestine like five times since I was a kid, uh, most recently in December, uh, been to Malta, been to Spain, France, Germany through the airports a few times, <laughs> uh, I had a trip in the UK and Scotland at this uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival, uh, Edinburgh is like a city of literature, but there's like this festival for like a lot of upcoming artists in so many different areas, so you get to see like really crazy shows from you know different people and different talents and it's really cool i didn't i only saw like one or two shows some people there to see all of but i was just you know volunteering at the festival for it so i'd have a you know um a cost-friendly place to crash plus it was a great place to like meet people interact and you only had to like volunteer four hours a day anyway so it wasn't too bad and um With Give Volunteers, I went to uh, Northern Thailand and got to stay, you know, at local uh, tribes and and villages and shit and got to work on permaculture. So a lot of this shit, like when I talk about agriculture, that it was that trip that sparked interest in it in a sense to dig into it more through this master's, which is science, tech and global studies. And when you realize agriculture plays a big role in this, there's definitely a lot of fields and issues related to agriculture and permaculture, you know, being permanent agriculture, a, per, a, a way of a sustainable living, you know, on a very local grounded sense. And you see it as a political movement, very much as a, a political issue, as much as a, 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 a nutrition agricultural one it's not just about the food but it's about who controls food production who controls a lot of these lands who, you know the seeds the genes um you know and and fertilizing chemicals and all this different shit like it all plays into it and it all and it, it all factors in and you know it's like david was the dude teaching me about this shit and he's half Thai, half Swedish, and um, he's very good at permaculture, but only in the tropics, only in the, in the areas, you know, like in Southeast Asia, you can't put him in Germany and have him try to do the same thing, uh, because, you know, everything is different, but he was telling us that interacting with soil was so good for our brain, 
that it was like it releases like very similar endorphins you know causing happiness like you would with shit like chocolate or something and that just shows you like how wired we still are with with nature you know what i mean people like you know leaving the little bit of the city so they can have a little garden and shit like that you know what i mean and uh, talking to plants being around nature is they're living organisms too and it's, and it's something we forget when we put ourselves in these concrete jungles but we forget how to live with nature not to live opposing it right there was a harvard um, uh, architect that was he's chinese but he i think he did his work in harvard and um i don't mean chinese like like uh, profile i mean like like chinese china like from china and um because china built cities you know like nothing like it's legos right they can flip a new city and then pick 10 million people and boom put them in those cities and you know what i mean and it's and it fucking works right they're top like we only have one city that can compete with any other city and that's new york but they have easy 10 to 15 cities with easy 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 10 to 15 million people you know what i'm saying they're all comp they could all be on a, like a top 10 city list in terms of like you know the amenities and the way it's built and everything the infrastructure is fucking crazy you know what i mean i read that they burned more asphalt like in a few years in the 2000s than we did in like an entire 20th century so that just in comparison to how much fucking work these dudes have been putting in on the on their micros <laughs> on the domestic side and the international so yeah you know and that's the thing when it comes to like back to travel and travel being stopped with the corona and issues on where you are and your home countries and people moving around and then tourism a big issue here in spain and italy you know what i mean you know there's very positive things about having travel but there's very negative things like the fact that you know aviation does play a role in in, in climate change you know if on a micro, on an individual level, if you want to really kick up your carbon footprint, is to hop on a flight. You know, because you could be, I was reading an article that was talking about, you could be vegetarian for a year. And that'll only, like, you cannot eat meat and shit like that for, like, a year to have a smaller carbon footprint. But then if you hop on one, I think, transatlantic flight, like, one flight between, like, New York and London, uh, round trip, I'm not sure if it was one way or round trip, but, I mean... I've, it's even worse if it's if it's one way because you got to come back. You know what I mean, and so you will already beat that. You already you the what you saved avoiding the meat. You're gonna put it back in that one flight. So it's then okay. Then try to be in a place where then we use less cars, lose less transportation, less flights. Okay, we don't have to vacation across the world. We could vacation in a smaller destination. We could vacation in our own country. Like a lot of Brits were talking about that because they fucking love travel. They like do it more than anybody else. And I think you know like. In most recent years, 85% of the population doesn't fly. So there's a lot of carbon being exceeded by not a majority of the people using it. And it goes back to the fundamental aspect of this of, all, of, of you know, 100 companies being responsible for 71% of emissions. And look where those companies are and what they're doing. It's like, shit, it's not that many people, right? If we have 7.8 billion people, there's plenty of people, you know, all across the third world, all across the global south, they just don't live with the same privileges, the same, I don't even want to call it quality of life, because we've had great quality of life in the U.S. since the 50s, you know what I mean, like, you know, having a microwave and a vacuum and washers and shit, like, that's, that's amazing, you know, still people that don't live with those sort of uh, luxury things, and so we've, fucking exceeded the material life since then but i don't think our quality of life has exceeded since then you know what i mean so obviously the more materials isn't it you know what i'm saying so that's another thing you learned about with packing too is like what things mean to you in a minimalist sense what are things that you want 
things that you're going to use because it's not like I need to have only 10 items. No, I can have 100 items. I could have a thousand things in my house. But if each item has a purpose and there's a reason why I use it, why I have it, why I've spent, why I've spent it, then it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? It's just all about that sort of sense of like, you know, I have a purpose with everything that I own. There's not just things collecting does, things that I wasted money on, things that we wasted material, things that are going to go to waste simply because I don't use them. I didn't really need them when I bought them. So just having that sort of purpose with the things that we buy, where we put our dollar and shit like that. And then, you know, with the clothing in the minimalist sense, it goes back to like quality versus quantity having better items, you know, fewer rather than just, you know, the fast fashion sense because that's so polluting. Fast fashion is, is the most, most second most polluting industry after big oil. You know, I, wrote, I had a lyric with that shit because like cotton steel cut the flesh. Back then was slaves to now in Bangladesh. There's a documentary on this shit too, those factories and, and the brutal conditions they are. And, you know, sometimes they collapse those factories in Bangladesh producing those H&M shirts and shit and like three, 400 people die. You know what I mean? And it's fucking crazy. And some of those women that are working in there, they only see their kids like once a year because they have to. And then they try to make a union in the documentary and like try to like ask for better rights. And like few dudes like lock that door and they're like, what the fuck these women ask for? And they beat the shit out of everybody. And it was fucking ridiculous. So, yeah. So in that sense, like think of like the shit that you own does have global impacts. And you know, have, having that sort of global mindset of, like, thinking global, and of course, you want to act local, but sometimes it's, it's hard to do both when you don't understand the, the micro-macro relationship, and so, yeah, have versatility and function and fashion, too, you know what I'm saying, have less items that can be versatile on a lot of things, so you're not owning things that are, like, okay, it's good quality, but it's, like, some unique jacket or, or skirt or purse or whatever that you or shoe that you're only going to wear once or twice a year or once every couple of years and shit like that, you know, things that you're always going to be using and reusing, looking at, and you will be able to constantly reuse them because they're higher quality, so it works in those ways. And then, of course, having less phys physical clutter, you know, it correlates with having less mental clutter. So you want to have less shit around you, try to be as organized, not to have too much crap, stay clean. So in your mind, you know, in your, your internal and external, you can feel comfortable, too, in your own environment. I'm listening to uh, Why Them Come Around, Morgan Heritage. Let's switch the song real quick. So, yeah, be your best friend in terms of like talking out loud and the way you have conversation with yourself. Some people, I don't know why, since when there was, a, you know, when I've said this to people, some people are like, oh, don't worry, you're not crazy. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm not fucking crazy. <laughs> My fucking great grandfather used to talk to himself all the time, like, and he wasn't crazy. No, it's like an important dude in the family, but. I guess it can be confusing if you think talking to yourself. I mean, I just don't. I just don't understand how. Like when people say they don't, I just don't understand. I just don't even understand that. My mindset is like the set for me is talking to myself because I'm an only child, and I'm in 
observing different things all the time so sometimes having those conversations with yourself is a way to process your thoughts way to process your observations way to process you know things that you're going through but also things that you're reading about too so sometimes like before i go out to like explain things to other people i try to explain it to myself and then when i try to teach it to someone else i then learn better about it because we learn through teaching and then through you know and then when you teach you're like oh shit you start to learn other things too so it's a, it's a relationship that works both ways it's like reading and writing you know you want to become a better writer then read more and then if you want to become a better reader you know start writing more and you'll start to see the relationship between both as well and then you can start to correlate between you know different author different writing styles and how to read different different writing styles and then how to write and read your own style so yeah I was thinking of a trend, seeing what governments are doing. Luxembourg is going to legalize weed. Uruguay and Canada have been, you know, look at the U.S. Europe has been talking about this shit. Portugal and Spain have left this party supporting this shit. And, and laws have been, like, pretty loose. Um, you know, no one's getting thrown in jail because of this shit, for the most part. And so it seems like in the medical programs, like through Germany and Italy, it seems like something that... The governments will look at from whatever perspective, either the business or the health side, will find you know argument a lot more arguments for it, and then once a cultural stigma and public perception becomes more in favor, then it will become very easy for governments to say we got pros, we got people that support it. Fuck it, you know what I mean? It won't even become won't even become something to like, I guess, argue or or look at the same anymore. And especially you know money does talk, you know what I'm saying, and it, you know prostitution gets legalized alcohol they try to and then they're like fuck we make a lot of money people like to fucking drink and people like to smoke you know what i'm saying and then because it doesn't matter whether you want to see it as something people love smoking like the way people love drinking or you know or or, or porn or anything but even if like yo people like this shit like this seems like a hell necessity like if you want to talk about it in a health sense you want to go to um doctors you want to go to like nutrition sides of all things but of course nobody's going to focus on that which is where the real you know argument should be in not the business it's a reason some european countries have refused to to get into it because the only examples they have are business examples uruguay is too small of an example and they look at the u.s and like shit this is a very business there's a lot of other shit going on here so even they're able to analyze our problems with this and realize that there's having it legalized doesn't mean like it's a great fucking thing and um especially not when the people you know formally fucking this shit up and fucking people using it and now see opportunities to make money whether it be out big you know alcohol tobacco uh and other fucks too if you know big pharma too so it's a lot of fucked up shit but i see it like a trend especially because you see it's like a trend away from liquor too you know like look at the zoom drinking issues you can see even other people like Alpha M on YouTube, you can see all the like different channels and different where you know guys telling other guys like yeah you know reduction in drinking as you get older this and this and this it, you know it become it's become more of a conversation to have and death accidents health you know uh, alcohol poisonings kids go you know getting fucked up because i think on a day-to-day basis europeans drink more than americans but americans still overall drink more because of because of binging and just not knowing when to stop and also not knowing when to do how to carry things out maybe because so many things we have is like it's taboo so when people do do it they go overboard with it you know what i'm saying because like people think every dutch person smokes weed simply because they've had it like chilled out in amsterdam you know basically there for tourists for so long that it makes people think no but it's like 
It's just normal. You know what I'm saying? It's not like the biggest deal. Like if you look at, you know, Scandinavian countries, sex health education, it's really good. And then if you look at people, and then if you look at the micro of it, the, the culture, you know, these are people that are pretty shy on a day-to-day basis. They're pretty introverted. But, you know, when it's the party culture and then also binging, they have issues with alcohol. And then people fuck like right off the bat. You know, it's not something like, oh, no, we're going to go out and it's going to be awkward for like quite a bit until we have sex. No, they have sex and they do it right off the bat. And then you might never have sex with them again. You might do it again a few times. But it's like you build it up a few times because you kind of want to be comfortable with somebody physically first before you get comfortable emotionally. I, you know, that's just sort of how they <laughs> get done. Like, but in that sense, then yeah. They have such that open education, so when the act actually comes down to doing it in the way they date and socialize, is is normal. It, it becomes normalized in a sense of like, in moderation. No one is like. I mean, I'm not saying no. I'm, I'm generalizing for a purpose, but like, you're not getting the ex- either extreme. You're not getting fucking no education and then too many teenage pregnancies and 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 diseases being spread and shit like that you know what i mean it's like no they're having the good education right because it's something to be educated on and then boom you can't let just young people just be young people they're gonna do shit anyway because i think like even an article i read once talking about statistically in the u.s like sexual activity i mean yeah they talk about like nowadays young people don't have sex that much and we're not going out as much and shit like that but in general, when a generation before gets critique of the of the of the younger kids, like damn, they're fucking crazy. Look what they're doing now. Look how they're doing this. Look how they're social. Look at girls. Look at guys and shit like that. In reality, you know, everybody was is fucking around before us and after us. You know what I mean? Everybody is 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 always fucking around because that's what fucking people do. So we don't really change. Interestingly, also, there's a similarity with that too, where like uh, we really don't do better than our parents did, apparently. That was another article uh, with a, I'm thinking of a similar correlation now that like usually between a generation of each category of people that the kids don't always necessarily do. But even though that's always the expectation and that's the way we sort of paint our stories and shit like that and our ambitions and our goals. And that's not necessarily the reality of it, statistically speaking. But then again, it's like every time you say statistically speaking, it sounds like full of shit anyway. So... Yeah, also, if you think about it, like, how much each person got to pay to get drunk? How much you got to spend on alcohol? Alcohol's getting fucking pricey. Alcohol is pricey for people. You know what I mean? That is, like, a whole side expense if you want to include it in all your bills and shit. Versus, think about this, like, a one gram. Let's say you want to say a gram costs 10 bucks. Some friends can share a blunt. Even, and here's the thing, if you're not weed smokers, you know, having a low tolerance level, then it's all the more fun and money savings. A couple hits each, and you still got the whole blunt left? Yo, that's $10 split, you know what I'm saying? And now you guys are all chill, you're all relaxed, you're all having a good time. No one is, you know, you don't have to worry about anybody going to the hospital for no fuck shit, you're not going to get into no fights, it's going to be some love, it's going to be some positivity in the air. Or you might realize, if y'all do smoke together, uh, oh, in the conversation we're having the Puff Up podcast, you might realize, oh shit, I don't really fuck with these people that much. I don't really like them, like, because weed cuts the bullshit. And if y'all fuck with each other when y'all smoke together, it's, it's you you gonna feel the energy. And if you don't fuck with each other, shit, yeah, it's there. You can feel that too. So it it cuts the bullshit. Be careful who you want to cut the bullshit with. You know what I'm saying? 
So yeah, like how much each person is going to pay to have a drink? How much a beer costs? A cocktail? What, $10, $15? I don't fucking know, but I know it's a hell of a lot of money. And then think of multiple drinks. I mean, Salamanca is a cheap city and the students love to be here to go out because, you know, you can, 20 euros, you will come back home like wasted. You know what I'm saying? And I know for a lot of people going out with 20 bucks, is they're going to need more than that for drinks and shit like that. But not to mention when you're socializing with people, you're going to drink more. And you can smoke weed by yourself or alone, but if you drink alcohol by yourself, that's a fucking alcoholic. <laughs> so, yeah, think of that like just it's going to come down to money. You know what I mean? Like three, four people that like want to go out for like, quote unquote, drinks like they normally would. You know, like, sh- fuck it. Let's just split a blunt. You know what I mean? And they'll just do that. And then people that you won't even expect to be stoners will more and more be doing that. Like not even people that like see themselves as like yeah this is weed you know it, it will be under it will be a completely different uh picture and stereotype because it's gonna because it's an image and it's a brand that's gonna change over time right you know what i mean it's been something that's been around for so long it's gonna shift through as people shift through too you know what i'm saying because we're looking at something that before people only used to use for like religious purposes but now we know more and we can do research more and our own stigma and our own blindness prevents us from doing that when it gets labeled as a stage one drug whatever it's called like with heroin and so it doesn't even get uh, on the federal level so it's not that it's federally illegal but it's federally seen as like something with no medicinal benefits whatsoever like heroin is that's fucking crazy things are always crazy in historic difference like um wait hold on how long i've been talking 25 minutes fuck that listens oh shit it's one of my favorite songs yeah shit 25 minutes interesting So, yeah, so like with the timeline historic difference, something I was thinking about too was like Palestinians and black folk, like looking at, because you always got to compare yourself and compare different struggles across the world because we're all in the same struggle together as humans. You know what I'm saying? You can't say all lives matter. And it's like, you can't even, you shouldn't even respond because like it's literally what Michael Shea said on, on the special matters was, you know, that it's, that it's so hard to say fucking three words, black lives matter. And I like, you know, like important, it just matters, like. You know what I mean? I think he said, like, can we exist? Can black lives exist? Like, because that's that's how far back the line is getting pushed. Because it's like, um, like a, like a, like a, uh, shit. I'm losing my train of thought. This girl across the building was looking at me. I'm on the first floor. She's on the third, so she can see me, me more than I can see her. Anyway, um, how's she doing? Yeah, so you have this timeline historic difference. And that's what I think. It's like, you're going to have one state. This is what I think might happen. You're going to have one state. It's going to be called Israel. And it's like the same shit that happened. Like, like that's what Palestinians are. Like, the Native Americans and the Mexicans and the black folk. Because they have the Native American issue of being, right, the, the ethnic indigenous to the land or whatever the fuck. And then you have Jews playing the same cards. So, I don't, I don't know what the fuck. And then you have, like, the Mexican aspect. There's a TV show called Arab Labor, or in Hebrew, Avoda Aravit, Shughal Arabi. Like, the way people think of, like, Mexican labor, like, you're going to cut your grass, someone's going to come fix something in your house, like, all that shit, like, all that stereotype, that jokes and that reality of it, too. And, you know, with with Mexicans and everything, it's the same thing. Like, I, I went out with a Jewish girl who even told me that she got her car fixed by Arabs. So, there's that aspect, too, labor, because there have been times where... You know, why did Israel go to look to get Ethiopians? Because they got into wars with Arabs. They don't want to hire them. They don't want to hire Palestinians right there. So they're like, fuck y'all, we're going to get these Ethiopians. But they realized not a lot of the Ethiopians were actually Jewish. And not all the Ethiopians wanted to fucking work either. So 
they lost out because that's the thing when you realize that we could do so much together like travel and tourism like if that's cool it's, it's the holy land bro all religions all types of people would want to go fucking there for cuisine for religion sites for archaeology for history for adventure just to be in a good weather and good vibe good food place like come on that's that's a fucking gold mine of tourism right there but anyway, yeah, so you got that, like, Native American, Mexican, and black folk because of, like, that's what I think will just eventually, that what Palestinians there will eventually become is just this minority that isn't, it's big enough where there's influential people and in, in, in entertainment and in, in, in art, but also in, in education and ideas for business and a bunch of shit, but being held back through legal discriminatory policies, and then those laws will get removed because that's what happened here. You know, eventually, but that doesn't mean it's gone because, like, they had a law that said to desegregate schools. That didn't mean schools were segregated right away. You know, most people were like, fuck that. So they can, the law will change, but the law will be enacted, but you will still move through the time. And it's still going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I have two applicants, you know, one's Jewish and this this Arab fuck. I'm not going to hire him, though. That's what people are going to tell their friends. Like, it's not illegal what they're doing. Like, they, they didn't technically break any laws, but the shit is still unethical. And and in terms of, you know, you got to write the path right. You got, I mean, you got to uh, construct the path right from the beginning, you know, and build the foundation properly. Don't do it on this legal basis where it's not aligned with good ethics and morals. You know what I mean? If you're not if we're not doing this with the proper intention, if all our micros are not in genuinely good check. And it's like it's unfortunate because the whole world and everybody in this world are not going to be good fucking people. And that fucking sucks because it's gonna is is bunch of people ruin it for everybody else, ruin it for people that are just trying to do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I started a history of war presentation talking about what it takes people to kill and shit like that with uh with a Tupac quote. You know, I I ain't a killer, but don't push me. So it's all these things that what we're doing and what we're pushing people in these situations, these circumstances. It's like fuck, you know what I mean? If this dude blows up a car or some shit you know, does this sacrifice of his life, what fuck, what, what the hell is going on to make a person do that, you know what I mean, like, that, nobody asked that question, they just like, fuck, this person, you know, this and this blown up, this attack, or this, blah, 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 and it's like, oh, what were y'all expecting, like, you know, you know, black people are rioting in the U.S., what the fuck, like, well, what is the expectation, you know what I'm saying, and Tupac had this great video where he was talking about, uh, you know, being locked out of a cafeteria and how you would knock at first and, hey, can you please open up and give us some food, give us some food. And then it talks about the longer, longer goes on. You're not singing. You're fucking, give me some motherfucking food. You know what I mean? Like it, your voice will change. Your demands will change dramatically. Given time, given re enough rejection, enough bullshit. And it doesn't even become down. At some point, the micro will be different of what the micro was when you first started but it's been shit built up too it's been shit passed on too and it's not going to be pretty by the end of it if you just don't rectify things you know what i'm saying and it's 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 it's, it's fucking crazy so that's probably the trend you know that's probably something that might happen I don't know if in my lifetime or how in the future, but if you can see this normalization shit, it's like, yeah, Netanyahu's trying to prove that we're going to get peace by, because the all issue was always the territories. You got to give back the territories, right? We got to talk about the refugees and shit, you know, to have peace. That was to be something. But now they're like, nah, mm -mm. they've waited. Enough time has passed and enough bullshit has happened, enough corruption. And Netanyahu's in the position he's in right now, covering everything up, making everything look so nicely stacked up. And just hiding the fact from everybody else that it's some fucking dictatorship going on. You know what I'm saying? And COVID has impacted that greatly. Uh, Serbia, uh, Hungary, 
Poland. I mean, Putin, you know, everybody's been trying to take advantage of the situation and utilize. That's why it's a political response, but it it takes us away from the medical issue because we still got motherfuckers not taking a pause. You know, we still got people like, "Mm, no, I'm going to still get my hustle on while no one's watching. You know what I mean? I'm still going to do some fuck shit. So that's unfortunately a factor in this as well. But anyway, let me check my notes. I think I covered most things. Yeah. See, that's the thing is like, you don't want to necessarily write shit down. Like, that's what I learned in my public speaking class was you don't want to have your whole speech typed up word for word because then you're going in like recitation versus making it seem genuine and trying to just roll off the tongue. You want to have notes. You want to have things that will remind you what to say so you're not always looking down either because you want to make eye contact. Not in a weird way like, I'm checking everybody. Check this person. I'm only going to stare at the same two people. No, just like, how would you address, you know, if you're at a party, how would you address a group of people? You know, if you know what I mean? I don't know. For me, I was always more comfortable to address this to people, to talk to people. I mean, I'm still nervous before a presentation, but that's an insecurity and doubt issue of like what I'm presenting. But to talk to like 20 people, I don't give a fuck. 2,200. I mean, I'm saying that right now, but I've never been in a room of 2,000 though. If I was in a room of 2,000, okay, yeah, that, that might make me a little nervous or, th- you know, 20,000, whatever. But in general, some people are very afraid. They're not themselves when they're around people. And uh, especially people they don't know, and large social settings can make them feel uneasy. I've always been more easier going. And here's the thing: in social settings, like I'm so comfortable, where I can just be so quiet, and it might seem like I'm uncomfortable, but in reality, I'm just so comfortable that I don't need to be talking. Because sometimes I'm by myself, and I talk a lot because I'm nervous, and I need to flow through my thoughts. I need to hear things out. But then being around people. Especially people you fuck with, you know, you always want to, it's okay to say no to be around shit, to, to say no to not want to be around shit and being around people and being around, it could be decent people and a decent party, whatever the fuck, like it's not like no hate to anybody, but you might just not want to necessarily hang out with them. I mean, that's cool. Like there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you feel like you need it too, you know, something, something in your soul, like actually, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I think I just want to be myself right now. There's some things I want to do, you know what I mean? Just to sit down and do nothing. Just have your thoughts uh, roll down a river, you know what I mean? Just sit and breathe. There's nothing wrong with that either too, you know what I'm saying? We don't necessarily have to put up on a pedestal of going out and socializing. That's like being happy because it's the quality of our relationships, not the quantity. Same thing like with the quality of your shit, quality of your clothes versus the quantity of them. All back to the packing, baby. So, yeah, under 35 minutes for y'all today. I hope y'all enjoyed this. Appreciate it. You know, follow Unfiltered Vitamins on Instagram. Shout out to Washington, Virginia. Again, yo, who's in Washington? Lucas, this dude, like, I don't know who it is, bro. Hit me up. Dallas, I saw y'all too. Atlanta's been missing. San Jose been missing. Where y'all at? Anyway, y'all take care. Uh, Take care of yourself. Take care of the people around you. But it's hard to take people around you if you don't take care of yourself first. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, enjoy the week. And um, on Filter Vitamin Z, I read the books, guarantee, but rest assured, I know the streets. Coming to you, not from Sin City, LV. We're still bringing you this unfiltered Vitamin Z. Peace, y'all.